You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. First part of Psalm 27 and 1, specifically that latter part, uh, asks, Whom shall I fear? I want to talk about two side effects, or three side effects of fear. The first side effect of fear is disorder. Fear can cause you to enter into a state of disorder or confusion. That's even with natural fear. You can be you can be afraid of something. And if you don't watch what you say out of your mouth, you'll start saying things that are confusing. <laughs> Lord, I got a flat tire. What am I? Oh, what am I do? Oh, Lord, this. Oh, I ain't gonna be able to do such as that. You just start rattling off, enter into a state of dis. Order. And see, the danger of entering into a state of confusion, of disorder, is that you take God out of the equation. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. See, see, no matter what happens, God going to make sure you have peace or that you are productive. It, it may look like it's not going to turn out in your favor. But because God is your Savior, it's going to work out on your behalf. That's the reason we never need to take him out of the picture. He is not the author of confusion. So when something happens, before you open your mouth, just allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you. Or just settle yourself for a minute, even if you have to breathe and just wait for God's direction. For the scripture promise us, promises us in, in Proverbs 3, if we acknowledge him, that he will direct our path. Because if we enter into confusion, first thing going to happen is, is demons going to show up and try to make the situation worse. Second side effect of fear is that you enter into a place of uncertainty. 
you start acting as if you're not certain about what you should be certain about. I've seen folks that actually enter into a state to where they are uncertain about God or things that pertain to him. Wonder if God heard me. Wonder if God is going to do this, that, or the other. Uncertainty. See, you don't have to wonder about God. God has told us up front what he's going to do. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not what I said. Once I sent forth my word, it will not return void unto me. I'm going to make sure it does everything I sent it to do. You never need to become uncertain about God. If God says he's going to move on your behalf, I, I, I don't care if everything that can go wrong has taken place in your life. You might as well get, grab a hope because God going to show up and show out. Woo! I said God going to show up and show out. Y'all better talk to Brother Swint. He'll tell you God will show up at the car lot. God will show up at your house. God will show up and do for you what eyes have not seen. And y'all ain't happy yet. Shout at somebody. I'm not uncertain when it comes to God. I know God going to do what he said. I, I, I got a book, I got a track record that, that I can show you that says that God will do exactly what he said plus. Won't God do what he said plus. Paul got so happy he said he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think have not seen ears have not heard neither have entered into the heart what God is going to do get this for his folk it ain't happening to everybody but it's happening for his folk it may not be happening to your cousin but it's happening for his folk it may not be happening to those that are uncertain but it's happening to his folk So we never need to be uncertain about God. I'm sure that God going to do what he said. I'm sure that better is here and better is coming. I, I don't want to debate it. I don't want to argue it. I don't want to fuss over it. I know if God said it, if he put it on the table, it is so. Oh, I thought I would get some help over there. But, but. If God put it on the table, it is. I don't have to be uncertain about him. About you, yeah. Especially when you like this right here, up and down. About your kinfolk, yeah, because they up. and But God. I can take you back 30 years. I can go back that far. And come up to the present and show you how God has did everything he promised for me personally and in this church. 
when we were in debt, go and say, hey, I'm going to get y'all out of debt. And everything you pay for from that point on is going to be paid, is going to be debt free. Now, I was, I was happy about him saying that in, in Carrollton. But then when he went to Thomaston and did it, went to Noonan and did it, went to Rome and did it. No, y'all got to hold on. Then when he said, I'm not only going to help you with the churches that you started, I'm going to start helping you help other churches. And then he went to numerous churches and started doing some of the same things, using us to do it. Lord, God meant what he said. God never says anything that he does not mean. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. You remember when Moses got happy in Numbers when he said he's not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Will he not make it good? And look at folk in here. Look at folk in here that God has turned their life, their situation, their circumstances completely around. It's some miracles in here. Y'all better look around. You you ain't got to go to New York to find no miracles. You ain't got to go to Atlanta to find no miracles. Right here in the country, you can find miracles. The one thing you should never be uncertain about is your God. I, I used to wonder why, why only certain folk in the church were receiving blessings. I used to say, God, this just don't seem like you. I say, because you blanket places in the Bible. When you bless one, you'll turn around and bless everybody that believe. And that's what we have been witnessing here in this church. That's what we have been seeing in a place of refuge churches, in the refuge connection of churches. Folks are being Blessed across the board. You just can't say the pastor being blessed. Oh, you can't say that because Minister Swint would get up and tell you, no, it ain't just the pastor. Minister Elder Jackson would get up and say, no, it just ain't the pastor. Oh, then Deacon Wood would get up and say, no, it just ain't the pastor and the elders. It You should never be uncertain about your God. Never. Never be uncertain about your God. When it comes to anything, everything he has said, he, he's done. The last side effect of fear that I want to talk about is when it causes a person's behavior to change get this for the worse fear will cause your behavior to change for the worse so so and so was so cheerful so bubbly so you, you know bubbly you know real happy 
and just fellowshipping and sharing with everybody. But the pandemic changed that. Pandemic changed that. Should you be should you be careful about certain things? Yes. But don't allow anything or anybody to change who God made you. If God made you a cheerful person, if God gave you a bubbly conduct that, that caused other folks to get happy just when they got around you, you can't lose that. That is a gift. I said that is a gift. If God gave you a personality of a light where you can just show up and just everybody in the room gets excited, everybody in the room gets happy, don't you allow any situation, any circumstance to stop you from allowing what God has put in your life to shine forth. But see, fear will call folk who normally nice to turn into mean folk. Man, I ain't never heard her talk like that. Man, that, that fear, I met with that girl to the point to where she mean as a rattlesnake, as the old folk used to say. She halfway speak now. She act, she act like you poison if you try to hug her, like you trying to give her something. me get out and around her she don't want nobody to even say this that or the other some of us God gave us the type personality we have and, and, and it's so effective to where when you're not acting like who God created you to be they recognize that Man, if I mess around and see Brother Candyman and, and he not smiling, I'm like, man, what in the world is going on with this man? This man was smiling even when his back was, was troubling him. When he had all kind of pain, he still had a smile on his face. He, he went in the doctor's office and was, going, was in a whole lot of pain. And the doctor even asked him, how in the world can you smile and you going through all that you're going through? It was just his personality. He was not going to let his pain dictate to him the type of person that he was to be. And some of us have that personality. You can't allow fear to change you into being something or somebody that God never intended you to be. Psalmist was to the point where he put the he put the question on the table: Whom shall I fear? He was determined that he was not going to allow fear to rule him, to dictate to him how to think, talk, and act. We have to have that same doggedness. 
we cannot allow fear to dictate to us who we are or who we should be. We have to make sure that we think, talk, and act according to God's written and revealed will. And so the psalmist in the text reveals why he was not going to fear. I only want to deal with the first part of what he said in reference to the reason he was not going to fear. The first reason is because he knew God was his salvation. I said he knew God was his salvation. He knew that he had been freed from sin, been freed from whatever had him wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up only because of the hand of God. Sounds like some of our testimony. The only reason we are doing as well as we are doing is because of God's salvation. If it hadn't been for God saving us, we would still be hooked. We would still be low down. We would still be dirty. We would still be telling lies. We would still be snorting cocaine. We would still be stealing. We would still be robbing folks. We would still be doing this, that, or the other. But when God showed up and saved us, we ain't been the same since. Oh, you ought to tell somebody I would still be messed up. If God hadn't saved me, if he hadn't been my salvation, I would still be messed up. I would still be trying to find the pill. I would still be trying to bomb from somebody so I can get me some MD 2020. I would still be trying to find who's I could get a hold of if God hadn't saved me. Some of y'all looking like I ain't talking about you with your uppity self, but you know if it hadn't been for God, you would still be wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up. Am I talking about you? He boasts God is what? My salvation. I ain't got a fear because he's my salvation. He brought me out of that and he gonna bring me out of this. He helped me back then and he gonna help me now. He delivered me when I was wrapped up, tied up and he don't deliver me. Why? He is my salvation. And see, God being your salvation means a number of things, but I don't want to talk about one thing. Just one. It means that he is your redeemer. He's your redeemer. There's a number of definitions when it comes to redeem. But remember this definition. The one that makes things better. The one that makes things better. He's my redeemer. The one that makes things It is exemplified in, in how Boaz 
being the kingsman redeemer. Redeemed Ruth and her mother-in-law or made things better for them. They had reached a low place in their life. But then Boaz, a typology of Christ, showed up and made their lives better. Folk talk about what I have and, and, and this, that, and the other. And I know they do the same when it comes to your life. And I let them know quickly, if it had not been for my Redeemer, if it had not been for my Savior, I would still be struggling. I would still be low. I would still be doing this, that, and the other. But because he redeemed me, my life is better. Because he redeemed me, my health is better. Because he redeemed me, I wear better stuff. Why? Simply because he redeemed me. But I want you to hold on now. You have to know that God is your redeemer even when you're going through trials. See, see, it's easy for somebody to shout about how good God is when the rain is falling on them. But when the rain is not falling, you still have to know that he's your redeemer. Before the pandemic, you had folk talking about how awesome God is and what God can do. But we need folk in the pandemic letting others know that God is still God. God is still a miracle worker. God is still doing what I have not seen and ears have not heard. Say to your neighbor, he's still my redeemer. Even though I'm going through things right now. Even though the heavens seem to be closed right now. He's still my. I got to show you something. Stay with me. Go with me to the book of Job. Job 19. Now, Job was going through trials and tribulations. And like Dennis, he said, big time. But notice what he uttered out of his mouth before people that knew he was going through trouble. He was before folks that knew he was in a rough place. But notice what he says here in Job 19.25. The first three words are very important. For I know. What you know, Job? That my Redeemer lives. I know he lives. I know he lives. He, he ain't dead. Y'all think I'm going to stay where I am. I ain't going to stay where I am. He lives. And because he's my redeemer and he lives, he's going to make my life better. Now he said it in trouble. 
before folks that knew he was in trouble. And see, see, some of us are going through something right now. But you got to have a knowing in your being that your redeemer lives. And, and you, have, you have to have that soul set in you to where when you know that your redeemer lives, you have to start preaching to yourself because he lives, things are going to get better. Because he lives, what I'm going through right now shall pass. Because he lives and I'm doing what he told me to do. In blessing, he going to bless me. In moving, he going to move for me simply because he lives. I know he lives. You got to know when, when, when pain hits you at midnight that he lives. You got to know when that thing that has been troubling you the whole year comes and tries to whisper in your ear in order to depress you again that he lives. You got to know when you're battling the one thing you never wanted to battle that your redeemer lives. You got to know when fear comes into the room that your redeemer lives. You got to know when you get this, that, and the other in, in the form of a report that your Redeemer lives. I know he lives. And see, then Job makes a statement that, tr- that probably threw his friends off at the time. Notice this. He says, for I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. Job was being prophetic. See, Job didn't even speak about how his Redeemer was going to show up and make his life better. But he was letting them know that my redeemer is so awesome to where he is perpetual. He is eternal. Whoever deems him their redeemer, he is going to show up and make their life better. Job was prophesying before his friends. He is going to stand on the earth, standing being that he is going to let folks know his power. Let folks see his hand. Let folks know that he exists, that he is real, and that's what God is doing right now. You hear folks talking this and talking that, but the bottom line about what's happening more so than anything is that God is showing forth his hand. God is showing forth in the midst of a pandemic. I'm still taking care of my folk. I'm still going to make sure that my folk receive better. I'm still going to make sure that my folks receive everything that I promised. And get this, Job said, I know he lives and then prophesied about his power. But then when you get to the Job, the 42nd chapter, you see his redeemer not only turning things around for him, 
get this, but blessing him with more than he ever had. Did you hear Minister Swint's testimony that God has done for her in a pandemic more than she has ever experienced in her life. Y'all ain't got it yet. Let me break it down a little bit more. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. God changes same thing he did for Job. Here we got a blessed sister that, and brother that God is doing the same exact thing for blessing folk with more than they ever had in a pandemic. What's so special about that? You're seeing that God is yet standing the same way he was standing with Job. I know what my redeemer he lives he is my salvation you're not being controlled by fear you know who your redeemer is you know the type power he has That amazing, omnipotent, all powerful. Oh, so you want me to be fearful like you? And my Redeemer has all power. My Redeemer can just say it and it happens, but you won't. But then he takes it further back in Psalms 27 as I get ready to close it. He is my light. He is my light. He is the one that makes me aware of what's going on. Makes me aware so I can go left, right, Forward, backwards, or just stand still. Sometimes God would tell Israel, stand still. Why? So you can see my salvation. I don't want you moving while I'm doing great things. Just stand still. But then when they got to the promised land, he told Joshua, it's time to move forward. He is my light. The one that makes me aware of what's going on. And, and thank God for, for modern technology. Thank God for, for x-rays and so forth and so on. And, and, and folks who can look at you and tell by certain symptoms that, that certain things are going on in your life. So forth. They can take a temperature. They can do this, that, and Thank God for all of that. But sometimes that stuff, as, as wonderful it is, can be wrong. <laughs> As wonderful as it is, it, it'll show something, but it won't show what needs to be shown. The only one that has light that can show everything that you need to be aware of is your God. That's the reason, David, he is my light.
He showed me when Saul was trying to kill me. He showed me when my own son was getting ready to stab me in the back. He showed me when folk that said they were with me were really on somebody else's side. He is my light. You can be in a low place and God will let you know, make you aware of your future. You can be about ready to give up and all of a sudden your light will show up and shine on you and say, I allow this to happen. But remember, it ain't over until I say that it's over. Say to your neighbor, it's because of him. I was aware of salvation. It's because of him that I'm in the house I got. He made me aware of what he was going to do for me. I didn't have the credit. I didn't have the down payment. I didn't have this, that, and the other. I didn't even have a dime to my name. If the truth be told, it wasn't nobody but him that blessed me with it. Why? He is your light. made you aware of what others didn't have a clue about. He does that. Elijah and his servant, they, they were together and the Syrians had surrounded the city. But then his light showed him, I got you. I got you. Let me open up your eyes. Now I want you to see how I got you. And all of a sudden, Elijah seeing that the glory of God in the form of chariots of God's angels had surrounded the Syrian army. And it was no way God was going to allow the enemy to take them he was so aware, but, it, but his servant, who was fearful, didn't see it. See, when you're operating in fear, you can't see God's glory. You can't see what God is doing. Folk be telling you, I don't understand how you can do this, that, and nothing. You have that game. God whipped me. He my light. He let me know what I should and should do. And so the prophet had to pray in order for his servant's eyes. His spiritual eyes. His God consciousness. To become aware of what God was doing. And so he had to pray for him. And finally, when he saw it, the fear had to go. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm still praying for some things. That that fear will completely go. But it will only happen if they allow God to shine on them. So they can be aware or see that no matter what, he's going to take care of his folk. And if it's your time, it's just your time. He done already told you, I got an appointment for you. 
But if it ain't your time, if you trust in God, you're going to be here until God says it's time to go. He is my light. But it not only speaks of, of him letting us be aware of certain things. It speaks of his wisdom. His light is his wisdom. Wisdom can be defined as knowledge plus understanding. God will let you know things. God will allow you to grasp what's going on. See, you won't get caught up in all of the confusion. You, you already have a divine understanding of what's going on. You ain't got to look at the news to see what's going on. God, the omnipotent and omniscient creator has already told you what's going on. Already told you as much as you need to know. And that's how come I love him. He'll tell you exactly what you need to know. We get in trouble when we, we, we want to know more than what God is telling us. Just believe what he said and so be it. Don't entertain anything else. Just receive what he said and walk therein and watch him do what he said. Y'all ain't happy right in here? He is our light of wisdom. He gives us knowledge and understanding. He'll tell you what to do and what not to do. And tell you why to do it and why not to do it. Why? Because he has all wisdom. I said he has all wisdom. And lastly, light is just a guide. It shows you where you need to go. Go this way. Go that way. Go that way. Light. It's your guide. Now, biblically, I want to look at two things in reference to light, and I'm gone. I want to start in the book of Genesis, chapter 1. I want to look at light in reference to it being divine because we are decreeing according to Psalm 27 and 1 that God is our light. So consider Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Ready? In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What was it doing? Waiting for God to speak. Spirit just waiting for God to speak in order to carry out Everything that God said to put into action. Then God said, let there be light. 
and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. You got to see a bigger picture than just God creating certain things in the beginning. And the reason you have to see a bigger picture is because of who God is. God changes. God changes. God created light. Light is a divine creation. God is light. God is light because light is good. James said in James 1 and 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from who? The Father of who? Lights. He creates light in order for us to be aware of certain things. To see certain things. But then we also have to consider here in Genesis 1, 1 through 4 that he creates light in order for light to separate the darkness. He does not want his light to be associated with darkness. God gives us light, but we have to have the understanding I'm giving you this light but you as a free moral agent have a choice to either stay in this light or to separate and get in darkness. Then you have folk that, that, that like to do what the old folks say, straddle the fence. And one minute they talking light. But then the next minute they're talking darkness. Darkness equates sin. And the wages of sin is death the end of something not just the end of physical life darkness or death can be the end of better for you if you step in the darkness if you stop receiving the light if you stop walking in God's light and start walking in darkness it could end what God has promised he would do in your life. That's the reason he separated. And because we are made in the image of God. Because we are to follow the preacher or the shepherd as he follows Christ. If Christ is light and the preacher is following the light. You should be right behind the preacher walking in the light. Why are you walking in the light? Because God is our light. But if I step out of the light into darkness, I'm stepping again into sin or death. Something that eventually is either going to cause my demise 
uh, is going to cause something to end that God never intended to end for you. The blessings of God in reference to a child of God are perpetual. But if you step into darkness or sin, it cuts off the blessing. Why? Because it's death. Death again means an end of something. And see what's happening to folk right now. They are so focused on death and so focused on walking into death that they have actually cut off the blessings of God because their main concern, their main focus is the darkness instead of the light. That does not need to happen to the people of God. That does need not need to happen to the church of God. We need to stay in the light because as long as we are in the light, the darkness can't touch us. Why? Because God with his divine hand is the one that separated the darkness from the light. Last scripture. Let's go to uh, Psalm 119. We ought to understand that by now. But consider Psalm 119. We're going to look at one verse. Verse 105. Psalm 119, verse 105. Stay with me. Who created light? God. And God is what? And that's the reason David again in Psalm 27 and 1 decreed that God is my light. But consider Psalm 119, 105 as we take it further. This is what David found now in reference to the light. Your word is a lamp and a lamp is a to my feet. To my feet. To my feet. Your feet shod with what? The preparation of the gospel. The gospel equates the good news. You tell me the news that I need to be concerned about. Your lamp or your word is a lamp to my feet. Your word lets me know the news that I need to know about. I don't need to allow the news that the media is putting out to become more important than your news. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, which is about salvation. Y'all see it with me. Your word is a lamp to my but then he goes on and a light to my path we should never tread on any path except the path that God has told us to get on Proverbs 3 trust in the Lord with all your heart Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Every path I go down, it should be God ordained. Every path. 
$50 an hour. That job paying $50 an hour. But if God tells me that's not the path, see you 50 something better. You know, they're hiring over there, and they, they say they're going to give you $200 an hour. $200 an hour, let me, I got to pray about that. Because, no, that ain't it. That means there's something better. God would never be outdone. Don't ever get upset when God tells you no about something. Because he has something better. But get this, if you are not in the light, if he is not your light, you won't see it that way. I used to get upset when I, when I missed out on certain things. But until God got to reminding me, you know I'm God. I created everything. I didn't want you to get that even though you wanted it because I got something better. Some of us right now are, are in something that, that we ain't got no business being in simply because we didn't wait on God. We took something we shouldn't have took before consulting God. But if you do what God would tell you to do, it'll always be better. God does better than what you think. He would do exceedingly above all that you ask or think. He's our light. I'm done. He's our light. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.